The MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network is presented by WinBet. Bet $100 at WinBet and get a $100 free bet. Head on over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash WinBet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to claim that free bet today. We're also brought to you by SGPN Fantasy. Dominate your draft with the SGPN Draft Kit. Just go to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash draft kit. And the free roll football contest is back and better than ever. $5,000 is up for grabs in our NFL contest and $1,500 in our brand new college football contest. Sign up exclusively in our Discord at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash Discord. Hi-ho, DeGenerinos, and welcome to another thrilling episode of the MMA Gambling Podcast on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network, episode 199. Uh, let's dedicate this to France for finally coming to their senses and and uh, legalizing MMA and allowing uh, UFC fight night gain versus Tuivasa to go down last night, which uh, a very profitable evening for one of your hosts and for people who follow one of your hosts, if anyone even does follow that that host, so... Another another good evening for that person. We're not going to name any names. I am one of the hosts here, though. Uh, my name would be Jeff Chalks Fox, the real Juicy J. Thank you for coming to the show. We're going to recap the uh, historic UFC fight night game versus Tuivasa. Basically, only only historic due to it being uh, taking place in in France, UFC's first event in France. Not much else on the card was super special. We had some good fights, but there wasn't anything really super special and Every UFC event, regardless of where it is, pretty much are generically produced and generic events. So it's not like it was anything, anything special for it being in France. But like I said, it was profitable for at least one half of your dynamic duo here. Let's bring in the other half. Um, you may know him as Danny if you're really, really close to him. Um, you may know him as the uh, god of old man baseball. Or you may know him as Gumby. That's where most of you know him as is Gumby. It's Daniel Vreeland. Hello. So I, I know you're playing up your picks, but uh, real no, quick. No, not. I didn't say any, I didn't name anyone. Uh, yeah, well, I can tell you are already. But real quick, before you, you go in about how great you did, one host this week set the – and I did a little fact-checking on this too. I, I did a little archival research, if you will. One yeah. host this week set the SGPN MMA Gambling Podcast record for the best recommended plays in the history of the show. Wow, highest, he almost doubled his money. Highest profit number in the history of the show, and it's the third straight week I beat you in those. So before oh, we get can... now you're naming who it is. Yeah. So, it... <laughs> oh yeah, we we can let it know. I, I mean, I've now beaten you in three straight weeks, including two three and zero weeks for me. Uh, which you you were three and zero this week too. I feel like I shouldn't be working on you, working on you too bad. But uh, on that note too, I know we we already dedicated this episode to all of France. So uh, shout out yes. France. Um, but also, I want to uh, dedicate this episode a second dedication here to the Eric Degenerate in our uh, in our Discord yes. server. Which, by yes. the way, go ahead and uh, get in on that sportsgamblingpodcast.com/slash/discord. Um, but shout out to him who shared some bet slips right when the night ended. He literally took every single leg of my recommended plays, all four of them, stuck them in one parlay, paid five and a half to one. Uh, so big play on that, and then. He took the uh, – when we talked about Imavov by decision and Whitaker by decision, he added Gomi by decision. 
and I think that one was 23 to one. He hit that one too. Uh, so like huge bet slips in the discord this week. There was, there's always huge things popping off in the discord. The degens just love the parlays. You, you guys just can't resist parlays. Everything you gotta, everything's gotta get thrown in a parlay. You can't just, can't just do an old fashioned bet nowadays. Can you? Nice record. We had a recommended play parlay this week too, which is uh, it, we don't even yeah. usually think about putting them in there, but uh, even money or a little bit better than even money recommended play. Yeah, I, I was getting uh, dunked on uh, about my three minus two hundred picks, but my recommended plays I've decided there's gonna be gonna be my lock picks going forward. So <laughs> you're, not, you're not gonna get fancy picks from me. I'm just gonna give you what picks I'm most comfortable in. I, I think that's basically the way it should be. The other, the other half of of our duo will will get a little. We'll light things up, it, so to speak. Yes. <laughs> hey, he so what, during my archival research, I also looked up too, uh, because you yep. said all over negative two hundred, and somebody said that in the Discord, and I was like, oh, that's that's true. He does does have all negative two hundreds. Um, the the last over the last two months, you've made six recommended plays that were less than negative two hundred. That's it, really. Do, do you want to guess how many of those you hit? None. One. <laughs> See? See? That's why I'm, uh, I am I give you the, the play I'm most comfortable in. I don't give you Yanni, Yanni plays that are going to make you 1-18. <laughs> I give you plays. Hey, he's 2-18. Um, two 2-18 and 18. He's two two and 18 and 18. now? <laughs> All right, good. And Gummy's just feeling himself because he uh, things things, well, things kind of went his way. He still lost a buttload of money with when you making picks on, on all the card and the other half of us didn't but and he still lost on the opener as per usual i did lose the opener and i did lose on the way that no human being in the whole world bets which is just straight money line the whole way um yes. although i'm sure there's somebody out there who does it if you're a degen who does that let us know um but uh yeah I, i'm okay with the what was it overall i i went seven and five i'll take the seven and five night with the clean sweep on the the recommended plays and what did I say? The openers, I think you're 06 and oh, 1. I think it's oh, 09 and 1. one. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, it's pretty wild. That he, it's why they're not my recommended plays. Exactly. You <laughs> should make a podcast just about the opening uh, opening fight on every UFC card. Instead That'll of just the prelims? Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, really specialized. Really drill down. Just the opening card. Maybe uh, you can start being good at it if, if you do that. So, um, Let's talk about the event a little bit. UFC Fight Night, Gain versus Tuibasa. Um, do you agree with what I said off the top? It was, you know, nothing special. And UFC really doesn't do anything special. Even when they go to a new place and a historic place like Paris, France, it's just the same old UFC fight night. And the, the, the bit more French speaking fighters on the card, but really you, you couldn't really tell that they're anywhere different. Everything's pretty much cookie cutter with them. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure what else they could have. No, done that's true. Different. You know, like, I, like at this point in time, like it, it's not like they're they're changing anything up too too much, uh, and I, I don't even know what you would want them to change up. But they did put five uh, French natives on the card, so you know we did get that right. Surreal Gain, yep. Mavov, Gomi, uh, Ferris Zayem, and Benoit Saint Denis, all five of which won too. By the way, yep. they're five and zero oh on the card, so you know that was kind of nice. Apart from that, yeah, like apart from introducing like regional titles or some crazy shit like that, like. You know, they they do what they do when they go places. At least they put a Frenchman on the top of the card. That's true. And we didn't have Daniel Cormier on, on the call. So that's all oh, we had. Great, we had, great uh, announcing team, by the way. Yes, it was. Uh, amazing. Yeah, I, say, yeah, I loved it. We, we had John Gooden back, which was always nice. So that's good. Um, All right. So it did go down last night. Acor Arena. Or actually, yeah, it, it was a night for us. It was a night for them. 
Um, it was about, I think the attendance was about 15. Uh, you, you can read this on my MMA state money, mma.substack.com. Uh, but it's, it was, they said the attendance, they didn't announce the official total, but it was 15,000 plus and the 3.3 million gate around those numbers. So a successful uh, debut in the, in the city, city of light, right? That's what Paris is, isn't it? I think so, but I I, right to me. I don't know. I've, I've been That's, one time and nobody mentioned it. Really? <laughs> uh, it's more time. I've been to Paris, Ontario many, many times. There's a Paris <laughs> right, by, right by where I live. So it's n- not quite as glamorous as, as the Paris you've been to. All right. Um, main event. Cyril Gain beat Tai Tuivasa. Knockout punches. 423 into the third round. Far more exciting than I expected it to be. Um, Gain was doing what we thought he would do using his length. Um, being elusive, even though he did get knocked down once, which uh, which was surprising, but he was really doing the classic um, go after the fat guy in the gut move, where just nonstop kicking uh, boss in the gut. Obviously, he played a lot of Mike Tyson's punch out uh, growing up, and King Hippo, he had to hit King Hippo in the stomach. So it's it's a classic. If a guy's fat, you got to hit him in the stomach move. So. Um, and it worked for Gain. He, he wore down Tuivasa until he finally, it took a lot to get the big man off his feet. Finally, uh, Tuivasa was not going to go down, uh, slipped in a, a punch in the back of the head for good measure to, to help, help him on the way down. But he ended up getting the job done. We got a big minus 550 on him. So hooray for us. But, um, yeah, more exciting than I thought. Uh, and Gain, uh, finished someone, which was nice. He didn't just sit back and play it safe. Yeah, I, I agree with that. But in the same token, I'm going to say, I've never been more convinced that Surya would not beat uh, Naganu or maybe even Stipe after watching that fight. I, I, I get that he's like a very good kickboxer, and it was nice to see him going for it. But now that we've seen him going for it, he had his lights turned off. Like, he, he even admitted it in the post-fight interview. Tai Tuivasa turned Surreal Gaines' lights off and nearly got the finish. And that's what it looks like when Surreal goes for it. You know, so, like, if he's going to beat those guys, he's going to, like, fight the safest fight you've ever seen and not be terribly exciting. And we already saw him try that against Nganu, and it didn't work. So, like, now this new going for it version 2, I also don't think is going to. And you mentioned he he did play it, like, technically safe in round one. But I think he started to open up a little bit in round two and feel himself. And I don't think that that version is like a better version of him. So like, yeah, maybe he's changing things up a bit, but I, I don't, what did you think? Did you think that that looks like a, the type of guy who's going to beat a, a John Jones or maybe John Jones, but not like Stipe or, or Nganu? No, he, he would beat all the fighters that are active right now in, in heavyweight, but he's, he's not going to beat the, the three people that you mentioned. Uh, three people whose basically futures are up in the air. Currently uh, the current champ, Nganu, and then foreign, former champion Ocic, and then probably the greatest fighter of all time, John Jones. So, um, yeah, that, that hasn't changed my thoughts at all um, as to Gaines, um, Gaines' future with those guys. Um, so, what do you did, did this fight matter? Did it? What we were we were talking months ago when it was when it was announced, thinking you know, thinking that this may end up being a interim title fight or an actual title fight, and the basically the picture is no clearer now than it was what like whenever this fight was announced, which was it seems seems like it was announced quite a while ago, maybe almost half a year ago. Like situation is still the same. John Jones nowhere to be found, just talking. Um, Stipe same thing. Francis Ngannou supposedly still injured and is not resigned, so we're still in the same place we, we were months and months ago in the uh, in the heavyweight division. 
Yeah, I will say there was a little bit that came out about Francis around this fight week that does make it sound like he's probably coming back to the UFC because he uh, he, he did some interviews and said, you know, like, I, I don't know necessarily what I'm doing, but I know that boxing is going to be a part of it. And I don't have to do something separate from the UFC for boxing to be a part of it, which really sounds like the UFC has found a way to negotiate with him and his team around, like, squeezing a boxing match in for him if not this next fight, a fight in the future. So, like, th- that seems like a good thing if you want to see, you know, Francis fight John Jones and Stipe and all that kind of stuff. I really do think what we're going to wind up seeing, and, and I know we haven't seen anything from either of those two fighters next, is Stipe versus Jones for an interim. And then whoever wins that up against Francis sometime in, like, March. Because he his schedule now, he said he's not fighting in 2022, maybe early 2023. So, like, I think, you know, first end of the first quarter there for, for Francis. So that really puts the real gain in a real no man's land. I, I know you said, like, does this matter? I think it does because he won and he won emphatically. But, like, I, I don't know how much it can matter, right? Yep. Same. Yeah. Main and co-main last night were, you know, uh, good matchups, but they did they really mean anything in, in the grand scheme of things. So what do you do with... Uh, assuming um, the, the holy trinity of of heavyweights that are on on the sidelines, uh, uh, let's just take them out of the equation. Pretend Ngannou, Jones, Stipe, uh, none of those guys are an option. Um, they're not coming back um, in the foreseeable future. What do you do with game? I think Blades, uh, and I, okay. I think that actually might be what we wind up doing, right? Because if Jones and in Stipe fight in let's say November, let's say they fight in a November pay per view for the interim title, they're going to unify it in March. I can't really see Gain waiting around till next, you know, June or July. Like International Fight Week is the next time we're going to see him, really. And, and by then, like, who who knows what might have happened? You know, Tai Tuivasa might have rattled off three more wins by then. So, you know, like, I don't think he's going to wait out that long. So, if that's the case, yeah, g- give him Curtis Blades. Let, let's see if he can deal with the wrestling. Let's see if he can deal with the new hands of Curtis Blades. Uh, and, and you know, like that's maybe the extra win Curtis Blades needs after the weird Tom Aspinall fight. Yeah, I, I guess that's, that's probably the best option, regardless of what happens with, with those three guys we mentioned. So, all right, let's do it. Let's book it. Um, any, any thoughts on Tui Vasa before I tell everyone about our lovely sponsors? Nah, he's always going to be a guy who can beat anyone in the division and probably isn't better than most of the people he'll fight. You know what I mean? Like, he, he's not better than Surreal Gain, but he almost beat him. Uh, you, you could probably go back and say that about, you know, him against Derek Lewis. You know, he he's just, it seems like he's a slightly better version of Derek Lewis at this That's point. I was going to say. And yeah, he's, he's younger. He's a new breed Derek Lewis, yeah. Yeah. He's and and take over that, that role. He's a better technical striker than Derek Lewis, yeah. at least in my opinion. And, and like, so I think that will play up for him in the long run. Um, But yeah, he's going to keep knocking out the, you know, Augusto Sakai's of the world anytime you give them to him and he might knock out a surreal gain or a Derek Lewis or a, uh, you know, Curtis blades once in a while, but like he's more often than not going to lose to those guys. Yep. Yeah. So he may not totally stylistically match uh, Derek Lewis, but that's basically the role. Uh, what we both see. It sounds like we both see him taking the Derek Lewis kind of a, a gatekeeper type role at the top of the heavyweight division um as long as his chin can hold up um and he doesn't start getting knocked out nonstop. so 
All right, we'll move on to the rest of the card after I tell you about WinBet. Thank you for joining WinBet. Now is the perfect time. New customers who bet $100 get $100 free bet. And if you're betting baseball, you have to check out WinBet. The reduced juice in baseball games makes them the best place to bet MLB. Plus, WinBet Casino is always open 24 hours a day where you can get 100% deposit bonus up to 1000 bucks. Win also just released their first quarterback with five touchdowns prop bets. So get in on that. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. So they know that we sent you that sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T to get, claim your free bet today. Offer subject to change terms and conditions at winbet.com. Must be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. And we're brought to you by Odds Trader. What is Odds Trader, you may ask? Odds Trader is a place to compare odds from all major sportsbooks. You can also compare the different sign-up codes and promotions from sportsbooks to get the best deal. The app also provides player statistics, key game stats, injury reports, and projected game day weather for bettors to make the most informed bets possible. It also has a bet tracker so bettors can keep records of all your games and betting activity. Go to oddstrader.com slash blue wire odds trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And we're giving away a bunch of stuff again with our free roll fan football contest. The free roll football contests are here. College football contest, 1500 bucks up for grabs. NFL contest, 5,000 and a two night stay at win Las Vegas are up for grabs. Sign up exclusively in our discord sports slash discord sports slash discord. And you can also get in, uh, there's a bunch of channels there, but definitely get into the fight channel and chat with us. It was jumping off last night. Um, everyone seemed to seem to have a good go at it. All right. Co-made event. Basically, if it was a video game, I, I would you could have just hit the simulate button and it went out. It, it, basically, the whole the fight was exactly the way that we expected it to go in the early going. I even. The, the exact score that ended up, the fight ended up, I, I thought, it's, this is going to be a 30-27, 30-27, fight, I bet. And exactly, that's exactly what happened. Maybe Robert, Robert Whitaker did a bit more damage than maybe I, I would have predicted, but it was, the fight pretty much went down exactly the way everyone thought it would happen. We had Whitaker at minus 230, which actually was the steal one when you think about it, since it, it seemed the outcome was pretty predictable. And this really does nothing in the middleweight division. Izzy is a clear number one. Whitaker's a clear number two. Tori's probably a clear number three. That, that one may be a little up for grabs, but other than that, um, decent fight, but really it does nothing. Yeah, I, I agree with you mostly about how it played out. I will say as somebody who uh, had the, the Robert Whitaker decision prop. Uh, oh, yes, you were like, sweating it. Oh, big sweat. Uh, yeah, because he... He was beating the hell out of Vittori, which I, you know, call me crazy. I did not see coming because not, not that that Whitaker doesn't have power, right? Like he always has power, but like usually if he's like putting a clinic on people, he doesn't see the need to like empty it, it out and try to turn yep. it way up. Right. Like he, he was just, he, he dodged everything Vittori threw. Vittori was just throwing punches at air for most of that fight and Whitaker was drilling him and then he just would like uh, I drilled him once I'll go get him again and it was like wow he doesn't need to do this so I really do I like appreciate that kind of performance I really appreciate that Vittori uh survived it that was a, a big appreciation there but I'll also say this like I think it does something if you ha- think that Alex Pereira has any chance yeah because because that I, I mean like there's no doubt in my mind now that Whitaker is the one A of that division. So yeah. if the one 
gets eliminated out of that division, 1A is the obvious challenger. Right? Like, there's nobody. He's, did you see he's the only number one ranked guy in the UFC, any UFC division or number one ranked gal, that includes them, who has wins over two, three, four, and I did it say five, two? It was either two, three, and four or two, three, four, and five. And that is insane. He, he's the guy who fights everybody else, and he's killing it. I like how you say uh, "gal" all the time. You're you're saying that uh, about in the in the Discord too, guys and gals. I like it. Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, he's yeah he, he's very clearly the best guy. But you're saying about Prayer winning. Prayer doesn't just have to win. He has to win twice uh, for Whitaker to even have a shot. He has to beat Whitaker. Uh, he has to beat Adesanya basically twice in a row. Because um, if he beats him the first time, there's for sure going to be an automatic rematch unless an injury is involved and and Adesanya can't go again. And then uh, he's going to have to beat him again. And uh, then Whitaker may get his title shot. So we're talking, what, probably like a year away almost? Yeah, I mean, barring an injury like that, or if, like, you know, if if Pereira knocks him out hard and Izzy wants, like, brain recovery time, which I guess is an injury too, right? Brain recovery time, time to, like, work on some things he messed up. or Like, you've seen fighters sometimes say, like, I'll take the immediate rematch, but let him go fight a couple times more or something like that while I like figure shit out. I, I can see Izzy being that type of guy too, right? Like that that doesn't strike me as weird for him. So you're right. Most likely we would need two Pereira wins in order for this to happen, but uh it's it's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. But well, I think we're probably both expecting Adesanya to win though. And then, ah, yeah, and then yes. what so like, Whitaker's talked about going to lead heavyweight, but he's a, like a small looking middleweight to begin with. Like he was a smaller man in the fight last night. He used to fight at welterweight. So I don't know how, uh, not that light heavyweight's any good, but the size, there's a reason there's weight classes and there's a reason people do extreme weight cuts because it does matter once the cage door shuts. Yeah. He also said that those, uh, those comments were sort of taken out of context. Okay. Um, I, I saw an interview with him after the fight where he was like, yeah, that was mostly taken out of context. Not that I like wouldn't consider it, but it's like not imminent. It's not something I'm like right now in real time considering. So I, I really think most likely we don't see him do that. I, I think he goes the Max Holloway route. He just keeps beating the tar out of people until you got to give him a third shot at Izzy. Yeah, sounds like that's what um, what his plan was. He, he was saying something. Um, he being Whitaker was saying something how he's just going to take on all challengers uh, going forward. So, all right, good to hear. Um, I, I'm not really into people jumping all over weight classes, uh, chasing success because normally it, it doesn't doesn't work out too well for them. So, um, keep destroying welterweights. I mean middleweights. Um, all right, another middle. This this car was middleweight heavy. So um, at least the, the main portion. We had three in a row here. Nasrudin Imamov. Looked very good. I didn't know this was a uh, knock him out, drag him out grudge match, but apparently it was. Um, he beat Joaquin Buckley, 29-28-29-28-30-27. The Imovov was maybe more aggressive when, when the rounds ended than he was when the fight was on, but but regardless, he looked very good, just way too big for uh, and, and too technical for, for Buckley in this fight. We had him at minus 371. Yeah, this is a pretty easy one for me because um, I, I think Imovov is really good from range. I will say he worried me a little bit with his defensive striking. Wasn't as good as it used to be or what didn't look as good against Buckley. He like backed straight up a couple of times and I hadn't noticed that in fights before, but like he looked like he was a little shaky in there, but yeah, he, I mean, he's just 
a much better striker than Buckley. He's really good creating range, and Buckley's a much shorter dude. Uh, so yeah, mm-hmm. th- this w- the way we would expect it to. Uh, excited to see him get a big step up sometime in the near future. Yeah, they look far. They look like they're in different weight classes last night uh, in terms of size. Um, we finally got one wrong. Roman Kopilov knocked out Alessio De- Tirico. How were they saying his name again last night? Um, they were saying it differently than, than how we say it. I think. I don't. No. I don't know. Did Tirico? Did Tirico? No, I don't think so. I think it was Kirico, maybe De Kirico. But regardless, he got knocked out last night, and we we picked him. So this one was kind of a toss up. It was a toss up on the books too. It basically, it was a pick 'em. So a couple have got the job done. One hundred nine into the third round. Finally, yeah, we got his first UFC win. Yeah, and we we said we didn't like this fight from a betting perspective. Like we we nope. told you up front, don't bet this fight. Uh, unless you've got extra money laying around. I would also just say that Kapilov is wildly frustrating. Because when he yeah. decided to put together a combination in the third round, he just knocked out DeCirco or Chirico or however they're saying it. He just knocked him out when he wanted to. And I was like, where was where was that for the first 11 minutes? Right. Like, we yep. could we have could we have gotten this done earlier so I didn't have to watch all 11 minutes of this? Yeah, exactly. If you're going to knock him out, knock him out early for us, please. Um, William Gomi, they were calling Gomis, um, was made a, a successful UFC debut of Jarno Ahrens in his home country, Gomis, home country, 29-28-29-28-29-29. Now Dan's going to rail against the 29-29 fight card. It's a wild, it's a wild card. <laughs> it is. <laughs> was it a 10-10 or a 9-9? Well, it has to be a 10-10, right? Because if it's 29-29, okay, yeah. right? right. Uh, that yep. means both guys got two 10 rounds. You never give round. out 10-10s. You never it's, give out 10-10s. It's wild. And, and it's funny, too, because I said in the Discord, I can't remember who I was talking with, but I said in the Discord, like, what round do you yeah. give a 10 10 to right like huge question did you see did you look it up i i didn't yet i i could pull it up right now but i said you know what well, the round... intern's on it already go ahead oh man. cool thanks intern um what round <laughs> do you give a 10 10 to and somebody in the discord said well i could give the third, third round a 10 10 right i could give a third round yeah because i was thinking like yeah that's what he know, did he did christoph shep shep gave 10 10 third round but no it wasn't that close you you give a a, a winner you have to. That's their job is to pick pick a well, winner of each round. Well, you don't I, I, don't, 10 rounds I don't have a problem with a 10-10 round. Uh, if if you really, truly believe it's a 10-10 round, like, Gomi clearly got the better of the striking in that round. Uh, Aaron's had the really close submission skills, but it wasn't even, like, a, a big grappling dominance thing for him. So, like, I, I could see – I personally scored it for Aaron's. I, I thought Aaron's won that third round and with the submission attempt. Yeah. It was very close. It looked good. So – if you want to give that a 10-10, I'm fine. Here's the more egregious part of that scorecard. They gave Aaron's one of the first two rounds. Which of those rounds did he give him? I don't even care which one he did. It's wrong. Like, Gomi yes, won, won those, those first two rounds, clearly. I, and I think that's – is that what the other two judges had? One and two for, for Gomez? I think so. I've already closed it. But the intern – I mean, the intern, <laughs> the intern's already closed the screen. But, yeah, I, that, that that's the only logical thing to do with that fight. So, I don't know. At least the the correct man won. Uh, thoughts on Gomis as a prospect? Um, so I first of all I had the the intern do it again because we don't care about his well being. Uh, <laughs> and it was the first and second round for Gomi for, on both the other cards, so that's correct. Um, and, and then I would just say, uh, you know, moving forward, I think he's got a lot of promise. Uh, I really love the way he was just able to like counter every grappling position Aaron's put him in. You know, Aaron's being a guy who largely relies on his striking, but has a judo background. Um, and then he's just like 
anytime he got a takedown, he was like, that's a cute position you're trying there, Mr. Aarons, and then just reversed him. So uh, I, I like that portion of him. I, I think he's got some holes as far as submission defense, obviously. And also, like, you know, his striking needs to round out. And featherweight's a tough division, as we're going to talk about next. And, uh, yep. yeah, like, I, I think he's got some some room to grow. So we hit Gomis uh, minus 215. I hit the next one, Nathaniel Wood, plus 112. I hit two dogs uh, on the night. Thank you very much. Um, this was one of the dogs that Gumby did not go along with me on. He should have, but he didn't. Uh, Nathaniel Wood beat Charles Jourdain. Unanimous decision, 30-27, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, 30, we were like, ooh, this guy does not belong at featherweight, right? Like that, it seemed like a bad move. Um, but this Nathaniel Wood, now that he's had his second training camp at this size, is not the same Nathaniel Wood who lost to Casey Kenny, right? Or who had to like grind out a decision against John Castaneda. Like this is a completely different Nathaniel Wood up at featherweight. It looks like he's rounded into the weight class. He's extremely fast. He was very powerful. You know, like, I, I, I'm all in on Nathaniel Wood as a featherweight now. I wasn't sold after the, the Charles Rosa fight, but this is where he belongs. Okay, what's, is there any other Charles Charleses in, at featherweight he can fight? Because he's only proven he can beat Charles at featherweight. Should, should we get the intern? I'll put the intern on it. <laughs> Charles Oliveira, no. He's, he's a lightweight now. Yeah, so. Used uh, to be, though. Yes, I know it used to be. Maybe he'll come back down. So do you have any ideas for who would she fight next other than a, a Charles? Nah, I mean, just like don't don't put him in there against a rank guy next. Like he he needs a little bit more time before that. Maybe um, there's a nice uh, featherweight fight going on uh, this upcoming Saturday, which we'll be breaking down soon between um, who is it? Uh, Hakeem Dawido versus Julian Arosa. Um, and Dawido is, is if with a win over a Rosa, there would be like a nice name for Nathaniel Wood to go after. Yeah, that works. That works for me. This book that, all right. Um, before we, oh, so the main card, I was five and one and Gumby was four and two. So Gumby did good, but just not good enough as per usual. So, but, but you did okay, kid. You did okay. All right. Let me tell you about the last batch of our sponsors. And then we will zip through the prelims and look ahead to, Next week in the UFC, promoguy.us. Promoguy is back with us. For all your sports bettors out there, all you sports bettors out there, so everyone listening, basically, I want to tell you that about the best new way to increase your bankroll. It's called promoguy.us. At promoguy.us, you can get the biggest bonuses from all the best sports books in the country. We're talking $1,000 risk-free deposits, insane odds, boosts, and most importantly, the best analytics in the business. Plus, tons of free picks as well. Promoguy.us is your guide to betting smart. Once again, that's promoguy.us. Now, on to Sleeper. Sleeper is a fast-growing fantasy platform today with millions of players. You probably already have a fantasy league on there. SGPN gang, use it for theirs. It's a game-changing product like anything else in the industry. And now, you can win on Sleeper by playing their new over-under game. They got it integrated right into fantasy. The first sports contest game built right into the fantasy experience. Now, not only can you enter, uh, not only can you enter a contest via over-under itself, but you can also do so through Fantasy League's matchup screen. Your fantasy league. I'm skipping words. That's okay. 
Patrick, for example, Patrick Mahomes is your starting quarterback, fantasy quarterback, and not only do you think you're going to win your fantasy matchup this week, but you are confident that Mahomes is going to hit his over of 250 passing yards line. You can do it right there off your fantasy screen. If you pick correctly, you can win anywhere from two times over 20 times the money you put in. My reason I'm excited about Over Under on Sleeper is that it's the only app where I can join my buddies' contests and play together. It's got a built-in group chat where I can see and copy my friend's picks with the tap of a button. It's insanely fun to ride it out together. Stop what you're doing and download Sleeper now to play the new Over Under game. Have fun with your friends and make some money on your mobile phone. Join our listener group on Sleeper at sleeper.com slash SGP. And Sleeper will automatically match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. Promo code SGP. Again, go to sleeper.com slash SGP and you'll get a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. See Sleeper's terms of use for details. And finally, last but not least, run your pool RYP. Run your pool is the home of competition, bringing sports fans and their Social circles together to compete, connect, and make every game matter more. Run Your Pool offers every game type under the sun, from Pick'em and Survivor to Fantasy Pools. It's your your and a one-stop shop for sports ga- gaming with customizable features that you don't get anywhere else. We've teamed up with RYP to host a pool for our official SGPN NFL Survivor Contest. Hop in now to reserve your spot. If you win, you get $500 cash, maybe out of Gumby's paycheck, and a $250 gift certificate to the SGPN store to the winner. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash store to check out all our gear. And while you're in there, buy some MMA gambling podcast gear. Be a buddy. Um, win the contest, and you can get $250, that plus $500 cash. So pretty good. As I stumble over my words, here's what you do. Sign up today over at play runyourpool.com slash SGPN. That's play.runyourpool.com slash SGPN. Was the intern looking something up? He, he, he looked, looked up whether up. or not there were more Charleses at yes, Featherweight. There, there, are not. there are only four Charleses in the UFC. He's bought yep. 50% of them. And the only <laughs> other two are Charles Oliveira and Charles Johnson. Okay, well, Johnson would, he'd have to drop a lot of, or Johnson would have to move way up or he'd have to drop some weight. Uh, but Oliveira's doable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he could he could he could pull off a uh, Charles trifecta. Exactly. All right. The main event of the prelim, so to speak, uh, did not have to sweat this our bet out on this one very much. Abus Magomedov beat Dustin Stoltz's TKO front kick and punches 19 seconds into the first round. Uh, seems like Magomedov was part of a lot of the gens in the Discord's um, parlays, which uh, was good. Uh, we had him at minus 260 on the money line. Yeah, well, and and he was part of the parlay I had with Gomi too, so it was nice right. to hit that that first end of it, uh, and not have to sweat that one out because Gomi certainly made me sweat it out. So, yeah, Megamedov, uh, I mean, he looked good, and it's pretty much while it happened very fast, it's pretty much exactly what I said. Stoltzfus needed to wrestle, and he was up against the guy he was probably not a better wrestler than, and he was a way worse striker. So, yeah, it was good to see Abus finally get to make his debut because he's had his debut canceled like four times. Um, but yeah, like he, he looks like a guy who could do some damage at middleweight. Yep. And we're firing Dustin Stoltzfus, right? We haven't fired anyone yet. We should have. Uh, He's one in four now. I, I mean, I mean, if we want to retroactively fire anybody, I want to fire Alessio Jacerico. Yes. We, I was going to say, and- we missed him. Jacerico, he's probably getting cut too. He's four and seven now. And I think like one in four. Over his last five or something. He's, he's one in five in his last six. One in five. Even worse. So, um, yeah. And, and, while one of those, and, Stolfus are gone. and while one of those losses is to Kevin Holland and Mahmoud Muradov, he's also lost to, like, Abdul Razak Hassan and Zach Cummings and now gave Roman Kapilov his first win. So, yeah, he's gone. 
Stoltzfus just did have that nice win against Dwight Grant, but that does make him one in four. It is probably it for him, too. Yeah, this is the wrong season to go on losing streaks because, what, they just signed 25 people off the contender series? Yeah, is that right? it's, and it's going yeah. it's going well. They just had five yeah. more last week. Yeah, it's yep. and, and they time, have four to, more weeks time to, to add people. So. Yep. So people are going to get cut so they can get these cheap 10 and people on 10 and 10 contracts in the UFC. So, all right, lightweights, Nazareth Hawkparast, another um, one where Gumby went dog. Uh, I was I was considering this one. I actually put John McDessey on my DraftKings roster because the uh, – because I needed some cheap people, and I thought he was he was worthy of it, but uh, did not get the job done. Not that Hawk Press looked fantastic anyhow, but he won at least. 30-27, 29 29-28. Um, I guess he just did not do enough. I don't know. Not that he's always – not that he's, he's kind of fights cautious as it is, but um, I don't know if this is an age thing or what, but um, I had Hawk Press at minus 220. I think it was an opponent thing. Uh, yeah. he, you know, we, we talked last week about how he looked so good against Ignacio Bahamondes. I think some of that was just that like Bahamondes is a guy who will bring the fight to you. He's a really technical striker and really strong striker, but like Hawk Peraz just like didn't bring the fight to him all that much. Uh, and kind of, you know, he, he picked his shots and got in there, but he didn't try to brawl with him or he didn't try to like, you know, turn up the volume and MacDessy is not a guy who, like, controls the tempo well. He, like, just rides with the tempo. So if you give him a reason to throw a bunch, he'll throw a bunch. Otherwise, he'll get outpointed from distance by Nazarat Hakpara. So, yeah, uh, I wouldn't say it looked good on either of them. No. At least Hakpara's got a win and the other half of his pay. But, yeah, it, this did nothing for a stock in, in my eyes, at least. Uh, first, I am looked very good last last night. Um, or maybe it's Michael Figlak did not, did not look good in his debut. Uh, he was outclassed, outsized, and outthought. Uh, he, he did not use very good uh, fight IQ uh, last night, Fig Lack. And he lost 30, 27, 37, 29, 28. And I'm a little uh, bitter on that because we, we had Fig Lack at minus 200. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defend Fig Lack's fight IQ a little bit. Okay. Because cause going into that fight, who in their right mind would have said like, Man, I really got to stay out of the clinch with Ferris Zayain, right? Like, yes. Ferris has got a, a freaking 75 inch reach. He's six foot one at, at lightweight. He, he's a guy who you want to be in close with, and all of a sudden he wrestles, right? And like, we're, we're fresh off of seeing that dude get absolutely manhandled on the mat by, by Terrence McKinney. And his only other UFC loss is Don Madge, who also, what, you know, was a damn good wrestler at the time. So, like, yeah, like, of course, Figlak wanted to run that strategy and he like he ran into a brick wall early in the fight. And I think he just like didn't have a backup idea. He, I, who would have thought that Ferris was going to do that? No, that's true. Uh, Zayam looked very good. Um, very good. So we'll, we'll see uh, how, how he progresses that lightweight. Um, this man, uh, he's. I think he's he's a favorite of our podcast now. Is he he is. Benoit, he sure I, is. I think he was right <laughs> off the bat. Benoit Saint Denis, especially now that he's winning fights, we like him even more. TKO punches Gabriel Miranda, 16 seconds into the second round. He, yeah, he's. We think of Saint Denis as a grappler because that's basically what he mostly is. But he's also he also put it on him on the feet. Uh, he got this. He, he didn't really want too much to do on the ground. He he, he took it to the ground uh, a bit, but he, he seemed to be more comfortable piece him up on the feet and boy did he ever 
I think it's because when he had Miranda's, even when he had Miranda's like head against the cage, he could feel Miranda's hips moving like he was going for arm bars. And like, I wouldn't say he got in on one, but he like got his hip up over or his like thigh up over the shoulder of uh, St. Denis at one point. So I think St. Denis just like, it wasn't that he didn't think he could grapple with him, but he was like, look, this is going well enough on the feet. I'll go there. And yeah, I a hundred percent think this guy has got a bright future. I said he had a bright future after he lost to Eliza Zaleski Dos Santos. And a lot of people laughed at me because he got battered in that fight, but up a weight class on short notice against uh, Zaleski, like no shame there. And he's shown afterwards, like, dude, he is a man to be reckoned with of the last three fights. I got this question for you of the last three fights. Which of the winners are you the highest on? Because all okay. of those guys win, all lightweights, Hawk Paras, Zayam, and St. Denis. St. Denis. Yeah. And then second is probably Zayam. Maybe, yeah. 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 Which means Nazarat Hawk Paras, who, you know, beat the, he, you know, he's the only one who beat a veteran, a UFC veteran yep. in that fight. And he's been in the UFC longer than the other two still have a lower opinion of him. And that just goes to show how like lame his, his fight was. Yeah. If St. Denis is going to start piecing people up on the feet, then, then yeah, he's, he's going to be a problem uh, at lightweight. That's for sure. Uh, Bantamweight's Christian Quiones came through for some plus money early in the night for us. That was a nice hit for us. Plus one away. Totally outclassed Khalid Taha. TKO punches 315 into the first round. I'm cutting Taha now as well. Yeah, I'm I'm cutting him too. He he's looked pretty bad. And I'll say this too about Quinones. He he like set that shot up really nice by like jabbing a few like jabbing him to death early on and just frustrating him. He was frustrated three minutes in, overexerted himself and got floored. The only mild bummer about this fight, because I did pick Quinones. Uh, I did have him on the money line. Uh I the only slight bummer is this is the only thing that messed up the super fan John Parlay, which yep. I hit half of I had the winner right in this one, but I did think uh, Taha was going to survive, uh, and he did not no. survive for three three minutes and 15 seconds. But uh, yeah, this, this wasn't even a sweat, unfortunately. Nope. Uh, but yeah, Quinones, I, I mean, he looked good enough to beat Taha. So that means uh, we've got to at least start to think about him now as a yep. member of the roster. Yes, sirree. And then uh, in the opener, Dan got it wrong, of course. Uh, Stephanie Egger bounced back from her loss. Um, shutting the mouth, perhaps, of uh, Eileen Perez. Submission, rear naked choke, 454 into the second round, basically dominated the fight on the ground. Despite that, Perez thought she would continually clinch with a high-level uh, judoka and grappling champion, and uh, it did not go well for her. Uh, I had uh, Edgar at minus 300. Yeah, if you want the low I fight IQ comment here, you got it right yep. here. This yep. is it. Like, and... and Tell me I'm wrong. She was she looked better in the striking exchanges. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. She she yep. definitely looked better in the striking exchanges. Um, and she was the one who entered the clinch all the time. With a judoka. Like yep. what are you doing? Like yep. uh, not good. Um but yeah, Egger, I don't know. Are do, do you feel good about Egger at all? Um she's okay. Like I I, I, I tend to like watching her fight, but it's not like last night did much to did much uh for her stock for me i guess prez maybe was she was thicker probably stronger but um anchor was able to overpower her but yeah i um the jury's still out let's, let's, let's say that for Edgar. yeah she's beating people she should beat she's <laughs> right. also she's also losing the people who she should probably beat 
Yeah. Um, so that's not a good sign either. Um, and like, yeah, I mean, at some point in time, she'll have to step up in competition. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what I will think of her fighting, you know, let, let's say Carol Rosa. Like, I, I don't like her chances against Carol Rosa. Carol Rosa, um, you mean? Yeah, Car- oh, sorry, Carol Hosa. Um, I'm trying to think of any other like low ranked band women's bantamweight. Like who's down around? Lena Landsberg, Panny Kianzad. Would you pick her to be? Man, I guess this division just sucks. Maybe she is a top yes. fifteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, and Perez uh, doesn't seem quite ready to to take on Amanda Nunes for the top featherweight. Like no, I, I think she probably could have pumped the brakes on that. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. So Dan got the. Any theories, or is this just like a weird uh, anomaly that that you get the curtain jerker wrong every week? I think it's so. It's probably a little bit anomaly, but I'll also say this: like the the curtain jerker tends to be lower level MMA, if I'm not mistaken. And in yeah. general, more upsets happen at that level of MMA. So I think I'm just more willing to take a shot on a dog there versus a, a dog like up on the card. Because it just makes more sense, and I, I think I'm probably missing on those. I did already look for who the curtain jerker was next week. Yep. It is Johan Lainez versus uh, Darian Weeks. So, so that'll who you taking? So we know who to who to go against. I, I don't actually know. That's actually a pretty good fight uh, yeah. in, in all actuality. So well, yeah, well, well, yeah. Go ahead. You have more to say? No, I I, I was going to say uh, I interviewed one of them. So. <laughs> oh, so we should probably go against that person. So, all right, well, we'll look at it next week in a sec. First, we have to mention I went 10 and 2, won almost 300 bucks last night, hit two dogs. Dan went 7 and 5, but lost almost 200 bucks. So, on the year, I am up 1,100 bucks, 3% return on investment, 66% hit rate. Dan is at 58%. He's down 2,600 bucks. Uh, so, I have a $3,500 lead on you. But there's still time, right? There's still time. Just a recommended plays, as Dan said off the top, he went 3-0, won 83 bucks. He had, uh, um, what do you have? You had who's who's Bobby Mac? Nux? Bobby Nux by decision. Bobby Nux by decision. Yeah, you, you had uh, the McDessie hack press uh, to go to the decision. Then you had Gomi and Magomedov parlay on the money line. So um, all three of those hit for him. Very good. So on the year, you're at 50% now, 55, 55, but you're still down 86 bucks. So you're almost, almost scratch yourself out, uh, out of the, out of the loss column. I went three and as well. Uh, I had Whitaker money line, Gomez money line, Magomedov money line. I won 42 bucks. So on the year I'm at 62% still for success rate. And I'm up a hundred dollars on that. And as Dan mentioned, uh, super the hunger man John super fan parlay half of it hit uh Imavov via decision hit Kinones via decision did not hit sadly so anyhow a uh decent night Dan can submit it that it was a good night for him as well so the great night all all is good <laughs> great it was even better it was a great night we've got a pay-per-view next Saturday and Dan has already been trying to spin it saying it's a, a sneaky good pay-per-view right I think there are some sneaky good <laughs> fights on it all right, let, let me let me uh, break it down quickly and see if you people think uh, the main card is worth your money. Uh, main event for nothing, uh, no belts or anything. Kamzat Shamaya versus Nate Diaz squat in a squash match. Uh, welterweight, the leech Li Jingliang versus Tony Ferguson, another probable squash match. Even though Dan has a, a thing for Tony Ferguson, catch me fight. Hang on, hang on. Hang on. Let, let's hold the. Do you think that that's a squash match? Do you think Li Jingliang 
is going to outclass the Tony Ferguson who just like floored Michael Chandler last fight. At this point, yeah, he he knocks. People I mean, out, like so I, I think he might. He's gonna knock him out eventually. Maybe, but like, man, like I I mean, he knocks people out. He he knocked out Muslim Salikov in in Santiago Ponzinibbio. That's true. I mean, I guess he's, he does have a lot of TKO victories, but yeah, he's got ten ten out of his nineteen wins are via the knockout variety. So yes, I'll, I'll be uh, I'll gladly go against you on this one and, and win some money. By all means. You yeah, I don't Tony know Ferguson. that I'm I don't know that I'm picking Tony Ferguson, but I do not think it is a squash match. Okay, fine. Uh, catch weight about because uh, let's make the card better with the catch weights. 180, 180 pounds. Kevin Holland versus Daniel Rodriguez. D Rod to you. Uh, women's bantamweight. Irene Aldana versus Macy Chaison. And then uh, rounding out the main card that you have to pay for: John Walker versus Jan Kudalaba. Then prelims: Hakim Dewadu versus Julian Rosa. The fake Juicy J. Dennis Tui Louis 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 Lin versus Jamie Pickett. And then we got some some chunky guys. Jake Collier versus Chris Huggy Bear Barnett. That, that's fun. And I think Jelton is Jelton going to be on the main card or not? He hasn't. He's going to be on the pre, he's going to be on the ESPN prelims. He's so, fighting uh, the Pleasure Man, and, Anton Turkali. Yes. Oh boy, fun. So what's uh, is Norma Dumont, Danielle Wolf getting bumped up to the prelims, the main prelims? Do you know? No, no, the main. Prelims will have Jelton and Turkali, I believe. Okay, right. All right, sorry. And then the early prelims, as I mentioned, Dumont versus Wolf. Another featherweight, women's featherweight, two weeks in a, in a row. I guess it's a real division now. Chad on Helliger versus Alatang Haley. Melissa Martinez versus Elise Reed. And then Darian Weeks versus Johan Lyonese is the fight that Dan is going to get wrong. So just wait to hear who he picks on Wednesday's pod. I'm gonna make you pick first. What, what about that? That way you can't just. Oh yeah, you want to? Maybe, maybe yeah. that's it. You want, want to switch it up? We can do that. Yeah, yeah. You gotta go first on those. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's it, and then we'll see. That could be it. All right, we we've talked long enough about about this stuff because we have another pod to get in your ears. Um, maybe it's in your feed as you're listening to this now. We, we have to uh, do one of our famous Dana White Contender Series uh, episodes. There's what four weeks left. This is week. No, this is week seven already, isn't it? Yeah. So there's four weeks. Oh yeah, that's right. Four weeks. This one yeah. and three more. Yep. Right. That's how the math, that's how math works. Right. All right. Uh, make sure you follow us on Twitter, SGPN MMA. Uh, Jeff Fox writer would be me. He would be Gumby Vreeland. Uh, if you could subscribe and follow our podcast, that apparently that really helps in the rankings of things. So make sure you do that and listen right to the end of every podcast. Me saying this at the very end probably is the wrong spot to say it. Cause if you're hearing this and you did listen to the end. So thanks for that. Um, read our stuff at sportsgamingpodcast.com. I, I don't think I have to tell you to do anything else. I think I've told you enough. Dan, we'll let you take it home and tell him anything else you want to tell him. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm Dan Gumby Vreeland. He's Bam Bam Jeff Fox. And we will see you in just a moment.